0: You're listening to Staying in the Game, a Plum Dragon Herbs podcast where we have conversation about mindset and techniques for staying at the top of your game. Plum Dragon Herbs provides herbs and DDOT to support all types of martial arts training and wellness programs. Our podcast welcomes voices from all corners of the martial arts and health communities. We understand that there are many conflicting martial arts and health philosophies and our podcast showcases the wide variety of opinions that exist. The views expressed by our podcast guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Plum Dragon Herbs, its staff, or partners.
1: Okay, so I'm Josh. Um, if uh, anybody's interested in knowing about me, then maybe Janelle will put up a description or something. Um, but uh, today, we're ultra excited to have Rod Morgan uh, on the podcast with us. So thanks, Rod, for for showing up. Um, Thank you know, you for having me. Thank absolutely, you for absolutely. And you know, we've with uh, Rod and I have have talked a lot over the the past I don't know a couple of decades now almost. And um, I think we've started talking again more more recently. So it's you know it's definitely nice to have a chance to catch up. Um, And so, um, Rod, do you want to just kind of give a quick, you know, intro and and rundown about yourself for people?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Of course, the title will tell it. But the reason I was invited to come on here is uh, for the skill of the iron palm, something that I have a a great passion for there. in you know, in my heart that I searched it out to find the true skill. And that's kind of why we're here today is to talk about the true skill and the, the, the iron palm community and the state thereof right now as it stands on September the 4th of 2021. There, there's been a lot of uh, changes throughout the decades in America uh, in iron palm. So that's why I'm here today in my capacity to represent the iron palm skill or technique, what everybody wants to call it. And I just figured we'd have an open dialogue today between you and I.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what we need, right? <laughs> well, you know, before we jump into it, uh, you know, you're you're out in your your training area. A couple things I noticed that you have um, you have some tea sitting next to you. Is there Always. anything fun in there? Is that just
2: I was introduced to Chinese tea drinking actually when I started into kung fu. I quit drinking coffee in '99. And that's when I started my journey. And my one of my teachers was like, "Do away with the coffee, start you know drinking tea." And that's what he drank. And he had some different things. He drank a uh, Yum uh, and Longjin. Longjin is what I drink. It's what I like from the Anxi province. You know, at one time it was the emperor's tea, yeah. and uh, it's just something I really like. It. I'll spend money on it. Some people spend money on cars. Some people spend money on video games or stereo equipment. I don't have a problem dropping. Thirty-five bucks on a couple ounces of tea. I know some people to them. They're like, "You're out of your mind!" Because I can go to Walmart and get a bag for a dollar. It isn't the same, and you know it. Yeah. Well, I
1: yeah, I love my Tetsubin cast iron teapot, and I I have a ton of yeah. Yeah. Show it. Show the camera. Let me because I don't think that people can see it on the camera right now. Show the yeah. That's a, that's last weird.
2: year the porcelain coated cast iron cup. Yeah. When I'm home that's what I've used. And I actually have a warmer with tea lights that go in it to keep it good and hot all the time. Right. But I am a huge fan of tea.
1: Yeah, me too. I think we're, we're uh, the same that way for sure. Um, one other quick thing, you know, I, I, we've talked a lot in the past about, um, you know, training formulas, internal, yeah. you know, tonics and, and things to help training and Coincidentally, recently there's been some conversation that I've I've had from people about hey we, you know what do you use for you know post iron palm pre iron palm whatever so what is your uh, what did what is your regimen kind of look like or did, used to look like in terms of your time? Well,
2: to be honest with you, I used to fool with that stuff a lot. Uh, it's very basic now, and I had a formula been given to me many many years ago, and I know you were one of the recipients of it. Of uh, a traditional Chinese training wine. That it was my understanding that it made its way into modern times was actually some of the Chinese Olympic team. Now, is the, is it the exact same formula? I don't know, but the basis is the same because the herbs are the same. I don't fool with too many internals. Uh, um, I, I, I've studied a lot about them, but there was something that a friend, a good friend of mine, and I talked about one time. It seemed like a lot of the guys in the martial arts community that push these internals are not exactly what I would call mentally stable. And is this because of the internals? Is this because of who they are? I don't know. But, you know, the basics with your ginseng and astragalus and faux tea and uh, uh, just some of the other herbs like that, I will use, but I don't get too far out abroad. Like the one that you developed, that's a solid formula, solid formula. Has basic ingredients, nothing real crazy. You can use it as a tea or a wine or a tincture, and I think uh, it, it's tremendous. I, I think yeah. they help or they needed. No, will they help? Yeah,
1: right. Well, you know, and we I, and it's. I think it's always fun for people to kind of hear this like behind the scenes dialogue that it, you know. Rod and I were talking, um, chatting prior to the podcast. Like, hey, what kinds of things do we want to go over? And one of the discussions was, you know, it doesn't need to be just super crazy type of formula right and so like that's a little what we're hearing like for you is that you know you put a little things in there a little bit of supplementation to help with stuff and, and the rest of it is good training regimens and good job
2: that's it that you know i'll just tell right off the front here and, and you and i discussed this when i first got into this stuff i knew i was looking for the, the secrets and after training for a while i was like mm, there's really no secrets it's just training. Then after I met some people, they're secret. They're absolutely 100% secret. And I think that was one of the things that you and I discussed. There's a difference between, okay, you go on YouTube right now or at any point in time and look up Iron Palm, you're going to see the exact same thing on every video you watch. True Iron Palm, the real Iron Palm, this Iron Palm, that Iron Palm, and what do they all show you? Take a bag of whatever medium you want, rock or steel, put on some gel, hit the bag a predetermined amount of times and put on more gel and that's iron palm. That is a fallacy. That is not iron palm. All that is, is one aspect, the hand conditioning to be able to, your full potential to strike without damaging your hand. That is not iron palm. That is hand conditioning and everyone. From boxers to martial artists should be doing hand conditioning. Yeah, yeah. Iron palm is a whole nother thing by itself. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know, speaking of that, I, I know that you've got a few things in particular, some topics that you wanted to chat about. So, like what's uh what do you have on the list? What's on what's on your mind over there, uh, I actually made
2: a few notes. I'll try not to take up a whole lot of time, but uh this this is the research I've done over the past few decades, and the problem with it is is you can never be 100%. It's I think it's close to the truth, just for the people that I've spoken with and the research I've done, but there's always somebody that's going to come back and be like, my teacher said it's this, and they're going to go with it. it in the end, it really doesn't matter. The, like the history, I'm pretty sure the history of it, that it did come from Shaolin. Now, was it taken to Shaolin? Or did it come from there? Was it seminal from Shaolin? Nobody knows. All I can say was it was developed there to a very high degree. That That's for sure. It is a traditional Shaolin art. Now, my history, I got started in it myself looking for it just from the Shaw Brothers film. Watching those, uh, yes, you know. the Iron Palm Clan and the Iron Palm Strike. And uh, those films are exaggerations of truth, just like the American Western with the guy that never reloads a six shooter. You know, it, yeah. those are based on truth, but they're exaggerated for the hero.
1: That's how they like represented the things their culture was into. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And so that was my start. And then uh, Brian Gray, who uh, was at one time called the father of Iron Palm in America. Uh, that was the first book I ever bought on Iron Palm. And then James Lacey come out with his Panther series. And I bought that, you know, the videos, me and my brother Shane went in on it. And uh, then with Green Dragon Studios, Sifu Allen and all those cats oh, yeah. doing their thing, which looked a little more traditional. You know, they were doing the iron ore. And, uh, and An so, because their hype was just as big as everybody else's until you get down and find it. And I actually got to talk to some of the people who were, that were there. And uh, in the end, it kind of a, was all hype, but they knew stuff, you know, and that led me to an article in an Inside Kung Fu magazine on, uh, actually, it was in Key Power. I'm sorry, January of 2002 in a magazine called KI Key Power. My teacher, Rick Pickens, wrote an article in 2002 about uh, Iron Palm or the Vibrating Palm. And, and he said, my my yeah. Right? Do what? He's in your area, right? Three hours away. He's in Kentucky, in Columbia, Kentucky. And my brother and I used to drive three hours one way. His brother wrote an article called Awaken the Dragon and Inside Kung Fu in October of 2002. And they had their contact information there, so we reached out to them. And we had to go up there three separate occasions before they'd ever show us a thing. (laughs) <laughs> and my brother Shane and I was accepted, and, and it was traditional. So we were accepted as the last closed-door students of Rick and Tim Pickens from their teacher, Dr. John E, and were taught the traditional iron palm and vibrational palm. Right. And that's when we started, unlock. where they unlocked the door and started showing us, yeah, there are some secrets that people don't know about. And then that later led me to a man named Brian Hall. And my teacher, Rick Pickens at the time, told me, I have taken you as far as I can take you. You need to get in touch with this guy that I'm friends with named Brian Hall. And I contacted Brian Hall, and that was an even longer way. But I literally had to be in contact with Brian for almost five years before he would show me anything. Now, we would communicate and talk, and he'd share tidbits with me, but he would never show what I was looking for and what I wanted. Gotcha,
1: gotcha.
2: And I remember you telling me one time when we had a conversation about Iron Palm and I was talking about how my teacher, when I first met him, was saying that he was surprised as to how far we had taken ourselves just training out of books and videos. And then you said, Rodney, if you'll look at your videos, there is a marked difference between this date and this date on your breaking ability. And that was right after I met my teacher. Interesting. Because he unlocked the door, let us through. You know, that's the thing about a great teacher. They'll show you things, but what they're more or less doing is they're opening the door to let you in, to introduce you to concepts and training. Is there a secret training technique, so to speak? Yeah, there is. But at the same time, if I show them to people, they're going to be like, holy cow, why didn't I think of that? Because it's not, nobody's meditating. We're not, you know, bloodletting or secret oaths or nothing like that. But there really are secret training techniques that nobody knows. But yet when you see them, you're like, why in the world did not think of that? Yeah.
1: It's the creativity. It's,
2: it's it is. To come up with things. Is. They're, they're physical exercises. They're not spiritual. and They're not, you know, a bunch of qigong. And that's the thing about the iron palm. People will, you got to hit your hand a thousand times. The hand's only going to get so hard. Right. Well, there's 300 strikes or 1,000. You continually hitting your hand is not going to make you better than Iron Palm. Right. The secret jowl that we used to talk about all the time. There's no such thing. Right. There isn't. I, I hate to break everybody's mystery bubble out here, but all these schools keeping their jowl secret. Do you remember? It's been years ago, but I got a formula. It was a two part formula. And on one piece of paper, it said, Common for the students. Then you had another piece of paper, and it was the secret jaw formula of their school. The yeah. common one was the Kuyu Chong that everybody else considers this big flipping yeah. secret. And their secret formula was just a basic Shaolin formula that you and I have seen a million times. But it's yeah. in their mind they think it's a secret formula. Exactly. Exactly. No such thing.
1: Yeah, no, I've, there's a number of formulas like that, right? Where they'll split the, you know, I mean, I know that you've 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 heard the stories too, right? Like you, they request the students to go fill the formula at two different herb shops and <laughs> like stuff like that. And it's funny, and I'm sure you know you went. I'm sure you went through the same thing, and I'm sure a lot of the other guys out there that you know have made Zhao on on a larger scale have gone through the same thing too. But a lot of the formulas that Plum Dragon ended up with were because people, you know, needed to have a formula filled and they needed to be able to trust an herbalist, right? Because that's your, yeah. you know, and so it's a, it's a, it's a very strange thing, you know, how it was so, it's been so highly guarded like that. When at the end of the day, why,
2: you know, by one of my brothers and good friends Wolfgang Kruger, who is a very accomplished iron palm practitioner, probably breaks more If you want to use that as the judge, which that's fine because you have to be able to show the ability to transfer power. He's broken more than anybody I've ever seen besides my brother Shane that was doing four inch blocks like they were nothing. But anyway, Wolfgang and I released those books with the secret formulas in them. And there was a lot of people that had flying come aparts off of it. And that's the reason that I believe because I I can show you these certificates over here, but they're not worth the paper they're written on if you don't have the ability and one of the things, and I especially got it from Wolfgang and you, if you're going to call yourself an iron palm practitioner, teacher, master, whatever, you better learn basic herbs. It's oh, yeah. folk medicine. You don't have to be a TCM doctor because this stuff predates TCM. But if you can't out of your mind put together a seven to ten to twelve herb formula on the fly for you to use, you're not a serious practitioner. This right. requires you to study herbs break formulas down. I remember spreading them out on the table and breaking them apart. And we are talking and sending the pictures back and forth God. and stuff. But the point I'm trying to get at is you've seen hundreds of formulas. I've seen hundreds of formulas. And we both know every single one of them have the same five to seven core ingredients. There's yeah. nothing magic and nothing different.
1: Exactly. Well, and it, it's like a, a mechanic, right? And and it's not like there's secret tools Right. They right. build up your tool chest and, you know, you use a set of tools to fix a car. And sometimes the set of tools is a little bit different, but uh, obviously, you know, it's not none of it. It's all just these very specific tools that get used to all the tasks. So
2: that's I mean, that's that's completely it, man. And that that was something that I think really divided a lot of the iron palm communities. Everybody was focusing on the secret jail. And no, everybody acted like they couldn't share formulas and secrecy on stuff like that. It's common. You can walk into any Chinese herbist, they'll pick you up an Iron Palm dip dodge out for me because all you got to have is herbs that protect the hand or break up blood stasis. And if you want to believe in the energy, draw the energy to the hands or the chi and open the channels. But if you open the channels, the blood's going to flow. Well, where there's blood, there's chi if you go by their theory. Yeah, well, it
1: is like you said, like you can walk in, and actually, I I noticed this a lot. I'd I'd be interested in hearing your experience about this. I have a lot of people that will ask me, Hey, I want a formula that, like, you know, does X, Y, and Z, where X, Y, and Z tend to be these kind of not intangible, ethereal things. Like, I want to, like, strengthen the chi, and I want to, like, do all these things. And I always ask them, what do you actually want, right? Like, right. do you want your hands hard? Like, do you t- want, do you feel like t- your hands are tight? Are you bruising? Like, what do you actually mean, right? And when you go in, if you go in and ask somebody and they say, you tell them, I need this, this, and this, they just, you just build a formula, right? Could, I mean, have you experienced that type of thing before with people?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I've talked to my herbalist. One of the great things about it is, is because I've studied the herbs Because I wanted to know and I was taught that if I was going to become a master, I needed to learn the herbs in this formula. Quit buying off the shelf and brew your own. Learn the formula because that was the traditional way. So I had to prove to my teacher that I could do this. But I walked into herb Store when I first started going there. And they couldn't believe because a white guy (laughs) that I knew, they were surprised, but they loved it. They weren't secretive. They opened up and started showing them. And I asked him one time about secrecy and the formulas and keeping them secret. And he looked at me and he said, "Why? My family has a formula too. Do you want it?" It was Lynn. L I N was the last name of the ladies that uh, the man and the woman that owned the herb store in uh, uh, St. Louis that I went to. Uh, it's called Oriental Ginseng and Herbs. They're still there. And My grandfather had an iron palm for me that she gave me in filled right there on the spot. Cause to them it's no it's not it's not a secret. Cause yeah. they know all it is is a a a supplement to the training that you have to have. But it's not a secret.
1: Right, right. It's just the tools. I you know it's funny you mentioned that. I when Plum Dragon was really growing in like I eight, nine time frame. Um, I had this guy and he was a, he was a Tai Chi guy, but he was, he lived in China and he was, I did engineering work with him and we were getting, I mean, there was a time where we were getting, I don't know, a handful of formulas every week and people would be like, I've got this formula. Will you translate it for me? I want to fill it. And so we would go out and, and do the translation. And I would bring a lot of the formulas to this guy who was the martial arts that I worked with. And, you know, he, he, I would always, he would always be like, well, where'd you get this? And I'll tell him and I'll be like, this guy wants it to be very, you know, quiet. Like he, it's supposed to be a secret or whatever. And I want to respect, you know, that. Yeah. Um, and all the time, I feel like, I think 80% or more of the time he'd say, well, you know, these formulas are published in China. He'd be like, yes. they're all there. Like they're all in China. They're all published. <laughs> they're publicly available in books and all this stuff. And in the U S Everybody treats them like, uh, you know, it's uh, the Holy
2: Grail. So. <laughs> and I'll tell you why I believe that is, because like you were saying that whoever reached out to you, and was like, I want this for to do this. And you were like, what do you really want? Let's just cut to the chase. What do you want? Most people, I'm going to be honest with you, want to show off and break bricks. And I may do a little break later because that's what people like, yep. but that's truly all they want. And if that's all you want, all you got to do is hit your hand every day. But if you ask them, are you training every day? Are you doing wrist curls? Are you doing gripper work? Are you doing the claw bag? Are you doing fingertip pushups? Are you lifting weights? You're doing know, some of like, what are you talking about? Yeah, You think they didn't do that stuff to increase the strength, the physical strength of their tendons, ligaments, muscles. It wasn't just hitting your hand like people think it is. There's a bunch of other stuff doing it. You know, there, there's very few people out there that are what I would call frail that can do these things. They either have developed their, their ligament and tendon, which is true internal strength. It has nothing to do with chi. Even though I do believe in chi, it has nothing to do with that true internal strength is strengthening your tendons and your ligaments and learning the body torque to hit with power. Exactly. Because people are not putting in the work. They want a magic formula or they want the secret technique. That's going to allow them to break 15 bricks or, or hit somebody with one hit. And they're not putting in the time. They're not putting in the effort and they're not training on a regular basis. And if they are, all they're doing is just hitting their hand and putting on some jacket That's why they want the magic formula.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I think that's all there is. Well, and it's nice, you know, I think we talked earlier that, uh, it's, it's important that we're able to get all of this, you know, this information out Um, better than it gets out than it dies off. Right. Um, And so it's, uh, it's, it's a big deal. And so thinking about that, you know, did you, were there pieces about the training that you wanted to talk about uh, in terms of, you know, when you, you mentioned you went from, from the Pickens to um, what was the individual's name, your more recent guy? Brian Hall, yeah. Brian Hall. So how did the how did the methodology um, differ between those those two groups?
2: There are stages to strengthening the tendons and the ligaments and the body torque. And they're physical exercises. And some of them have been, I mean, I'm not joking when I tell you highly guarded secrets. Right. When you see them, they seem mundane. But there's the old saying of you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. So if you don't know or you're not familiar with them, but if people will study kinesiology or kinematics, learn body motion, learn body torque, I'll tell you some cats that got it. C-lot. The that That's just something of my observation. If you watch their body torque, they're doing correct posture and body torque when they strike. Not all, now again, not all sea Lot is good. Some of it is. Right. Garbage like anything else. But that's basically the exercises that I was taught. Teach you proper body mechanics and torque, and it strengthens the tendons and ligaments in your body. I'll I'll give one. I'll give one. My my teacher and I are writing a book. The book is finished. He's putting the final touches on it, and we're going to give a few of those things away. Now he is still of the mind. Nobody's going to like this, but I didn't come on here to win friends. He believes there's stuff out there that he's not going to show. He he told me not to show it. He's not going to do it because he doesn't believe everybody deserves it because he don't want them going off doing the dog and pony show tricks with it because it's not a circus trick. But I will tell you something. He sent me an old writing, super old. And what it was, it was two guys standing back to back. And they had a length of rope with a loop attached in each end. Well, as I move out, the guy behind me is putting tension on the rope for me as he's moving in. And then when I get back here, I start to move out and he starts to move in and he's supplying the tension and I'm supplying the tension for him. And we're going back and forth here, standing back to back.
1: Yeah.
2: Actually, it's interesting because they're,
1: There are a set of exercises in Southern Mantis that do exactly the same thing.
2: Yes, they preserved a lot of their stuff because Southern Mantis comes from the Shaolin Temple and that's where these exercises come from. That's like there's a whole set of hand forms done on a wooden post, just a single post set in the ground that come from the Shaolin Temple that are iron palm specific forms on a wooden post. Never heard of them, never seen them before in my life. And uh, when he told me about it and showed a bunch of them to me, I was like, holy cow, it's mundane. But until you've ever hit a solid wooden post, oh, my gosh. And everybody used to come over to my house that was doing Iron Palm, and they'd see me doing it, and then they'd get up there. I was like, wait, 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 if you haven't done this, don't do this. Well, sure enough, every single one of them to a man, as soon as I'd turn around, whack, whack. And you can see him over there because hitting a bag full of steel shot, yeah, it conditions your hand, but there's give. Hitting a solid wooden post in the ground, very different. Whole new world, man. Very
1: different.
2: But there's just a whole series of those exercises that develop that, and he is um, really accomplished on striking out in front of you. Now we, you know, we all break bricks down but you have to be able to translate your power in front of you to make it effective against another human. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, when you talk about earlier, you're talking about when you hit a bag, all you're doing is conditioning your hand. Um, And yeah, maybe if you start striking, you, you build a little bit of power, but translating that 90 degrees forward is a very different ball game. And you know, and so when you talk about the training, you know you've done, and and actually, you know, even when you were in, you came and visited me in, yeah. I don't know what year that was, and I don't know down in Alabama. Yeah, yeah, I, it's so funny to think I even lived there. Um,
2: when I when well, let me tell you that, a funny story. If people don't know, Josh is an actual rocket scientist. A lot <laughs> of people don't know that about you. I remember driving down there. And there's these giant fences everywhere that says no recording equipment, no nothing. I'm like, I just stepped onto this top secret military base. What it looks like? And I asked you, I'll never forget. I remember asking you, and I was like, Josh, what do you do for a living? And you were like, Do you really want to know, or you just ask? And I was like, No, Josh, I really want to know. And you're like, Well, right now I'm working on the Patriot missile battery because when I was like, You're a freaking rocket scientist. Yeah, God, you're actually, you're about you. I
1: did. I used to, uh, I used to be part of the the identification and tracking. Algorithms for the Pack Three, so it was uh, it was an interesting life. I actually, at one point, I had a, a job where I was called a, a lethality engineer, and wow. I was yeah, I ran a bunch of simulations on on nu- nuclear weapons and all kinds of different munitions. It was was wild, but uh,
2: I was just throwing that out there for people that didn't necessarily know you to what to <laughs> what you truly are. Right,
1: right. Yeah. No, I kind of left that life behind a little bit. At I get it. Moment. I'm about what
2: you were saying about me visiting.
1: That was for sure the past, yeah. But uh, yeah, when you visited and, and uh, at the time, I was really into trying to project that force in, in this forward direction, because even the, the, a lot of the iron pump training that I had done didn't address it directly, Right. And, you know, we've taught, and some of the exercises you shared with me from your guys um, were were in that direction. And so um, it's interesting to think about that whole package. Right. So when you see a lot of people, they're not doing that. So it's it's neat to hear that that's a
2: a piece of. Well, here, let me show you something for people that are interested. This is my personal setup. So obviously, here's my stand with my, my bag. Now I also like, I know you and I talked about it. I like doing the traditional. I, love, I, don't know what I do love that. Absolutely. Now then, but if you move over here and look, yeah, I have a, a wall bag, a hanging wall bag full of shot and I use it on a regular basis. I tell you what, I'll share something. If there's anybody, I don't know how many people are going to watch this, but because it is a neat, a niche, so to speak area, if you can see me, I'll share something with you. All right, so can you see me? Yes. Okay, all this is, is an elite FTS strength band because I still practice power lifting. And it, because I don't have a partner always to stand back to back with me, wow. this, is a, this is a mini band, they got a mini, a monster mini, you know, you're familiar with that. So this is what I use to develop that forward-striking energy. Yeah, yeah. See? Am I in camera? Yes, you're good. <clears throat> so you're full extension and back. And you can up the tension on each one of these. You can just keep buying them, you know, to get them stronger and stronger. Because one of the brakes that I'm famous for, or well, I say famous, you know what I mean, is yep. the free-hanging brake. You know, I come up with this little contraption here. Just a couple of paracords and some uh, hooks yep. and it has the brick hanging free. So it's not supported. And uh, I'll try it real quick. Didn't I told you earlier, I had it broken in a, well over a year. So I go down to Lowe's today and buy some blocks because uh, <laughs> Felix and I had talked and you and I had talked and I was like, man, won't you do a break or two? I was like, well, I'll try because people like to see us stuff, man. I got out here and got to trying to break. Oh my gosh. Another good topic. It's a perishable skill. Yeah. Doesn't mean that my hands aren't hard and that I can't hit someone. But as far as breaking, breaking itself is a skill. And if you don't stay on top of it, you'll lose it. And it has to do with uh, learning your power, your power stroke, uh, uh, just your body mechanics. And if you're not used to doing it all the time, man. Yeah, that it, you're gonna lose it, but generally it comes back real quick. I'm gonna try this one if you yeah, want. Yeah, let's have at it. We'll have a little let's bit of fun see. here. What's the best angle here? Can you see I it just, from yeah, there? Great.
1: Um, I think I think you're. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Let me try to
2: make sure not to.
1: Uh, oh, there we go. Okay. The
2: better. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Now then. With breaking, you're going to start big and you're going to condense it down. So you close and then you open. There's hip torque, shoulders. You close your body. This is the way. I, this is the way it was described to me. I'm going to describe it like it was taught to me. You close your body and then you strike. This was a double strike that I was taught. One comes out as you close, then you open with the full strike. Now then, you can condense that, and that's done gradually over a period of time. You go from the big, and you condense it, condense it, condense it down to the short power. And it's all in the hips and the ground. The true internal power comes from the, the what they call the linking and the stacking or the silk reeling. With the joints being stacked on top of one another perfectly or as perfect as you can get, and the torque in the body. So I'll just try to do an open and close big relaxation's a big part of it. Not being tense and nervous in front of a camera because you're afraid you're gonna fail. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> See, it's not, it's not going to go for me, man. And that's okay, though. But that's – Well, you know, is. let me try it with a claw, see what happens. I don't like to use hand pads anymore. I pretty much got away from them. But right. sometimes what happens is, is the sting on the hand, because that's another myth, is that you're dead in your hand. You're not. Wow. You're not. And what the sting will do is it stops your body from doing full power strikes. As
1: you can plainly see. Nice. That's
2: nice. There really is a mental thing to it. It, There
1: is. The other thing is I don't think that unless somebody has done that break, I think that it's difficult to appreciate how difficult it is to provide the necessary force and acceleration to break a moving object. a a, a mobile object that's an incredibly difficult break
2: well and it's one that i really because i feel to me and i'm not going to divide with any of my iron palm brothers on this i just feel that shows more potential for a a fighting skill yep to be sometimes I, i can't i'm not the smartest guy in the world and i try to convey my words and they don't always come out like i want to but being able to convey your power in front of you and being able to break things like the coconut on the string,
1: to oh, me, God. that's
2: as high level as you can go.
1: Yeah, that's hard. That's really- Because that
2: is extremely hard. And it takes a lot of dedication, a lot of practice. And I've done it. I did it years ago. I have not kept up with it because I kind of started doing this one. And uh, it's uh, it, it's pretty difficult, actually, if you haven't trained in a while. But again, I'm not going to make excuses. You know, I'm not going to make excuses about it, but I appreciate what you said there. Yeah, I
1: know that's an incredibly difficult break, um, and and you know, like you said, having not broken in in some time, um, you know, the body adapts in <laughs> to whatever it is that you're doing. So um, the fact that you know you can pull that off, people should should certainly appreciate that. That is a that's a that's a that's a very difficult break. So. Um, nice. What
2: else have you got on the
1: agenda, man? Well, I had, you know, I had one thing and it looks like Felix may not join us today. So, you okay. know, I have another question um, that I wanted to ask and I'll ask that and then we can cover anything else that you 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 had wanted to chat about. So it's kind of a two-part question. Um, yes, sir. And, you know, we, you mentioned you started your journey in 99-ish um, and I, my, first exposure to iron palm training was almost dead on exact t- same time period in college in uh um Greeley Colorado but uh the thing that i think about is is that if you look at that time period that like late 90s early 2000s 2005 you know we were we were chatting we were you know sending emails we were on um Kung Fu Magazine forum and oh you know, my word and so the first part of the question is is for you or or for the people around you you know how has how has has the culture or the you know group of people or or the way that things are being looked at changed in your perspective from the early 2000s till now
2: well I dropped out for quite a while, and that—that that is a good... Uh, I had some notes here on a couple things, and that is a perfect lead-in. And I can tell you, because when this stuff's, like you say, when it started, the, the best research that I have done shows that uh, Alan... Let's see, what was this guy's name? Hold, give me one second, I'm sorry. Uh, there's a man named Captain Alan Smith, It wrote a jujitsu book in 1916 in America that had hand conditioning in it, not iron palm, so to speak, but has uh, I've got a copy here and it was written for the military and it shows them conditioning the side of their palm, their knife edge on a board or a brick. And then uh, he was at he actually got his black belt in Japan and taught for the American troops at the infantry school in Camp Benning, Georgia. Uh, so then you go on a little further and then you got James Lee and that's where Felix and those guys come in. You know, he wrote a book in 1957 about the iron, iron palm poison hand book. So here he is one of Bruce Lee's confidants, teachers, friends, and student all at the same time Showed Bruce Lee, the iron palm technique and skill. And there's plenty of pictures and plenty of proof that Bruce Lee trained Iron Palm. There's there's no denying it. Yeah. And there's also probably no denying that because James Lee was Northern Shaolin lineage that the Kuyu Chong Jiao is the Jiao that he used. However, if you talk to Felix, his dad didn't get the formula. Uh, James Lee died before he gave it to anybody. And I don't know if anybody ever went and looked, if he had it written down or anything like that, or if it just got thrown away with the papers like everybody else does when they die. You know, and then so the point I'm getting at, so you fast forward there, then it goes secret for a long time. Then in the 80s, and there may have been something in the 70s, but if there is, I don't remember it. you have Brian Gray come out in the 80s with his book? Right. So it kind of popped up again, then it died down. Then in the 90s, you have James Lacey and Dewey, so it pops up again. Then in the late 90s, you get Green Dragon, it comes up again. Then about 10 years, it, it died down dormant. Then myself and Shane and Bill Clark and Wolfgang, we started doing it and it, you know, popped up again. But when we started, man, there were so many people on that Kung Fu forum and everything you're talking about, just arguing and just it became so much nonsense. After a while, I completely dropped out. I quit training, took down all my videos because there's always people out there trying to critique people yet they never have any proof of anything they're doing themselves. It's always, my teacher said this, my master did this. I had a guy one time, and this was supposed to be an insult, typed on there and told me, you're all external, mate, stick to weightlifting and MMA. And that was supposed to have been an insult. Rod, I think I remember that. <laughs> what the crap, man. That's the thing. and That's why I got out of it because everybody was turning it into a circus. Everybody was an expert, but nobody. But if you ever talked to them, they'd tell you one of two things. Slap your hand on the bag and put jowl on or they wouldn't tell you because it was a secret. So that yeah. tells me they didn't know anything.
1: Yeah. And so it was so trendy and it was so yeah. kind of like on this pedestal. And That's the word, trendy. And so do you feel... Like, it's like, I feel like, you know, things are kind of re-emerging a little bit now for whatever reason.
2: Do you feel like that still exists? Like, how does the culture feel to you these days? I'm not on the public forums anymore, so I wouldn't know. My brothers and I that still do this came to a conclusion that we are going to stay private and we will not do very, very few public exhibitions. Matter of fact, one of the guys, Wolfgang, who is probably one of the, like I say, one of the best breakers, and has a lot of iron palm knowledge, told me on the phone just a few days ago, he absolutely refuses to teach anyone anymore anything. And he said he's had people reach out to him and offering money and we all need it. And he absolutely refuses to teach anybody anything because of the past, all the things that were said and done. Uh, Even though my teacher and I have a book to come out that will reveal some stuff that nobody else has ever revealed before We'll probably never go any further except for the few. I mean, like I say, I'm not going to make any friends and I'm probably not going to make you popular. You and I are are friends, (laughs) but as far as the general public knowledge and you coming at me with 30 or 50 bucks and demanding the the training, I will not ever do it again. I just, I won't do it.
1: You know, it's interesting though. And and so thinking about that perspective, um, where does where for you does iron palm go from here? Um, you know, I mean, I, I've, I used to teach it and I haven't taught it in a number of years just because, you know, I've kind of like fallen off the map as well. Um, but if, you know, if weren't I'm not you happier? happier that what, weren't you happier after you fell off the, the map? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was too. It's just So just much like, you know, weirdness and, and you know, strange stuff going on. So I was, um, but, you know, if you're not teaching it and Wolfgang's not teaching it and, and you know, people and uh, are, aren't teaching it, um, where does
2: Iron Pum go from here? It is being taught and kept alive by very select few people. Uh, there are people that I do show stuff to, close people that are close to me that are personal close friends with me, like, you know, emotionally close personal friends, because I can trust them. They're not going to turn on me. They're they're not going to uh, uh, just go out and sell it. Uh, as my buddy used to say, they're not going to whore the art. Right. And I know that's kind of a vulgar term, but that's exactly. And, and when he described it to me, I felt that because when I started and I put out a bunch of free information, I did a DVD. I used to give this stuff away to people because I wanted it to survive and I was tired of all the people surrounding it with all the mystery and and basically lying and stealing from people. Lying that they had training and charging ridiculous amounts for nothing more than hitting your hand on a bag. I've seen people charge money for imagining light go through their body and out their hand. Imagining light Come on, man. And in charging hundreds of dollars for secret formulas, they are thieves and they're liars is what they are. And I was going to try to stop that. And that's the same thing Brian Gray went through. And at the time, there was some that's some other stuff we talked about behind the scenes. And I feel some of his pains now because of the fact he set out to try to dispel the myths. And I don't want to say he lost because he gained a few select people that I'm in contact with. He still has a group, too, right? I But it's very small, extremely small. And it's kind of what we've turned into, Josh. I am afraid that it will go back the way of the way it used to be. And maybe that's the way it's meant to be, is a secret amongst a very few people. Look at what's out there now. The guys with the giant hands. Have you seen this? I know you have. I have seen. I've known the secret to that for ten years. It's called blood flow restriction or occlusion. They used to use it in bodybuilding, and they tie off their arm or their wrist with zip ties and stuff, and force that blood in there for periods of time. And what happens is, it's called a sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, and it just swells your freaking hand. That's got to be dangerous. There's no yeah, that way that's normal good. or natural. Your body. That and be- that is not iron palm. It was never like that. There's no records in any Shaolin text anywhere of any of that type of training. I really don't know where it come from or who started it. But it's called blood, uh, blood flow restriction or occlusion training. For all the people that want to know, there's the secret. But buyer beware because it can be extremely dangerous. Yeah, that doesn't sound healthy in any way. So, And that's the state of Iron Palm right now is that's what it's turned into. There are people that used to write me, how do you make your hands like that? I'd never tell them because I thought that was reckless of me if I shared that with them. And then they go out and start doing something stupid and end up getting a blood clot in their lung or something. Yeah, well,
1: and it's crazy too, right? Because I think that the the uh, the not rational logic there is that if my hand is big like that, then that means that I've done the the things that I need to do to have the skill. When in fact, that has nothing to to do with it. So, it's, but
2: what does that lead back to, Josh? Think about what you just said. What does that? That's their mind and their ego. I want people to see my hand everybody look at me exactly it really is it's not real skill yeah it kind of misses the
1: the mountain right for the features on it or whatever that's because
2: why would you train iron palm you have to have a system iron palm is a bullet let's just use that analogy but without the gun or the system to deliver it it's nothing but a bullet in your pocket your barney fife is what you are you got a bullet in your pocket with nothing to deliver it so if you're not training a legitimate art boxing boxing is a legitimate art some type of real martial art that teaches you body mechanics on how to punch and strike your iron palm of you breaking some bricks out here is nothing but a circus sideshow and to me it's uh and and, okay i say that Do, do i break bricks yeah i break bricks because that's that's a test on delivering power. But is that the reason I got into it? Absolutely not. But there's people and that's all they want to do is break some bricks. If that's all you want to do, just hit your hand on the bag, put some gel and practice breaking. You're there.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So second,
1: second part to that question, um, we jump back 20 years, right, to the early 2000s. We were in our 20s and 30s. We had more piss and vinegar. We, we, had, we had energy and healing rate on, on our side. We didn't know as much about training. So how, now granted, obviously you've been through training since then, but how, how do you feel your training has changed in the last 20 years What from whatever perspective
2: comes to mind? I turned 50 this year. And so I've got a few nicks and dings. I've had a couple of injuries. Some One of them was fairly major injury, but I've been able to bounce back from it and continue to train. I train smarter. And when I say that, I'm not, you know, there was times when me and Shane and Bill would go buy a hundred bricks and break them in a day. That's not going to happen with me anymore. I don't have to do things. I don't have anything to prove. I'm smarter about I've always been very smart or I could thought smart with my nutrition and sleep and healing and things like that. I just I just take it a little bit slower pace. But I think the quality is there. The quality's better. And that's one of the great things about Chinese martial arts. Uh I'm not relying on physical strength because I've had the proper training. And now as I'm getting older, it's getting more refined. Right. Is that, is that what you were, kind of absolutely, what you were looking for? Absolutely. I just, I think it's so
1: interesting thinking, you know, first about that difference in culture or perspective, you know, um, with everybody and then thinking, you know, cause for me, I'm, I'm very much the same way actually that resonates, you know, that I don't, I, I, I haven't, I don't actually usually hit the bag anymore. I still have my steel shot and lead shot bags, but yeah. most of the, work that I do has more to do with the movement than it does the, the actual conditioning. And, and uh,
2: man, without that movement, it's, it's not there. And I know your main, your main thing is the, the walk. <laughs> and so if you look at the movement, I know that everything I talked about is familiar with you. They have the opening and the closing. They have the short power. They have the hip rotation. Because all of that stuff stems from basically the same place. It's not the same art, but they know proper body mechanics to make the strikes work at short range, which is what you guys practice. Yeah. So it's already there for you. Exactly. And the, uh, the only difference,
1: it, an interesting difference there is that, which is actually the, a similarity, that in Chinese martial arts, you know, especially when you're doing good stuff it's all of the details have been broken down, right? So that you look at all of these things And in, in walk, it becomes more of like a, well, we're not going to really tell you how to move, but once you move, like once you move quick enough, like your body has to move a certain way or you won't get there in time. That's exactly it,
2: man. That's it.
1: And so it's just a different path, but, uh,
2: yeah. So that's that's become a big thing for me, you know, is, is well, how you need I'm, to stay on top of your hand conditioning, man. Don't let that go. And it don't take a long time. There's a lot of people I used to talk to and they turned it into kind of a I don't know, a meditation or something. And that's OK if that's what you want to do. But, man, they were spending 30 or 45 minutes hitting their hand. If you're just trying to keep up your conditioned hand, I can do a hundred strikes on my palm knife backhand and palm heel and fingertips, whatever. And it literally takes less than five minutes. Yeah. It's quick. It's really quick. All you have to do is just now then the other exercises that if I'm trying to develop my penetration power, which is the key secret to iron palm, the penetration power. Yeah. And that's where the underlying uh, secret, if you want to call them whatever exercises come in that are on the auxiliary exercises. You know, that's another 10 or 15 minutes if I do all of them. But literally, your iron palm conditioning is five minutes to keep a hard hand. Yeah. yeah you need and to actually, stay on top of that. I'll well, send you some stuff. I'll send you some information that'll get you excited again. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing. Um, I suppose,
1: culturally, to kind of also answer the question, we we're talking earlier about how so much has changed, how we're all living. You know we've all been alive for 20 years longer and we've we've it's like a whole lifetime has gone by in some ways for all of us and we're all so much different and and it is funny how you you know you kind of like move into different little aspects of of things and and you know kind of leave little pieces behind and keep it around and whatever and yeah it's been it's actually it's been a while since i've hit the bag i've I still have my steel and my lead shot bags and i still love them to death. I don't hit, I never hit taconite anymore because my
2: wife gets furious when the purple does. Um, it's a mess, but there's something that resonates with me because I have a couple of formulas. Uh, one was given to me by a, a Southern Shelling practitioner out of Malaysia. And another was given to me by a very famous martial artist named Kevin McCarthy. Anybody oh. in the, everybody knows who he is. Well, we used to have a, a a little bit of a dialogue back a few years ago, and he gave me an actual, the actual shallow formula where he visited. They gave it to him and he gave it to me. So there's something to using a formula like that on the taconite that they used to use three or 400 years ago. It kind of adds a little bit of a, uh, uh, a mystique to me knowing that I'm training just like they did generations ago and probably using one of the same formulas they did hundreds of years ago yeah. well you know I'll i be
1: yeah no that's that's really fun actually like it that's is a fun piece. um the other thing I always love you know the taconite is once you know gets all over your hands and then you rub that jow in and it kind of like it kind of just seals everything and it just
2: has such a It's a neat feel like that. It really is. It really is. And for people that haven't done it, I don't know. It's really hard to get that stuff anymore. Uh, But if you can get it, it, it's worth your time and effort to put in a solid year training on that stuff. Yeah, that stuff is amazing. But take it easy because, oh, my gosh, does it hurt when you first start, especially on the backs. Very different. In fact,
1: I remember on the back, my skin would get so thick that I would never get any hair growing through on the back. It was just pure skin. It was just leathery, thick skin. And I always thought that was kind of cool. Because, you know, you, you talk, we talked earlier about the guys with the big hands. And it's like, well, they get big hands because they, like, you know, it's restricted yep. the blood flow. And it's like that skin got so thick because I hit that taconite so
2: much that it was, you know, it just was, it was neat. It was, it, was, it was a fun experience. So. The human body is amazing adaptation to external stimuli and that's basically what iron palm is it's external stimuli uh it, whether you're hitting your hand or you're doing the physical exercises to strengthen the tendons and the ligaments and the torquing power is a learned skill
1: yep absolutely absolutely
2: well cool rod that's that's
1: lots a good info um do you you have anything else you want to share
2: before we wrap it up? We're at about 50. I mean, we could go on about some other things, but I don't really know that there's you know any reason. I think we covered pretty much about everything there is to cover. Um anybody that's you know that's watching this and is looking for any type of recommendations on jail, I know you guys sell it. Uh, but the Kuyu Chong, if you're trying to stay traditional, is a phenomenal formula. And I know that you guys are the only ones that I know of in America that still fill the full formula with the animal parts, which is also, do you have to have them? No. But is it nice to have the original formula and it's the way it was presented? Absolutely. Whether it's at an ambiance or just to preserve tradition in that manner. But uh that, and I use the... Uh, uh, and Tong for years, and I donated the Shaolin Fukien formula to you guys, and I think she's put that out there. That's a phenomenal formula. There's no animal parts in it. It will always be available. And that, again, the guy told me, and he has no reason to lie, that that formula has been unchanged for over 300 years. So yeah. it does add a little bit of ambiance to your training to know you're using something that came directly from the Shaolin Temple. And I'll give you guys that uh, other Shaolin Temple formula it probably just, I just probably never, I was probably just setting on it for some reason, but I'll give you guys that other one that McCarthy gifted me. And that's a phenomenal formula that you can yeah, offer to the public.
1: I'm sure Lisa would, would love to, you know, throw that up on the, the site
2: as part of the blog, the podcast or whatever, and, and give. But just it. train smart and use some common sense out there. You know, I mean, seriously, that, that seems to be absent in a lot of the Kung Fu community stuff. It's common sense. I remember people telling me not to hit my fingertips because it would damage my eyesight. And I was like, so you're telling me all the people in China that wear glasses did iron palm training incorrectly. (laughs) I mean, seriously, just things like that just make no sense whatsoever. And yet it's still pervasive to this day. People saying regurgitating nonsense.
1: Right. Right.
2: Yeah. It's
1: it gets a little silly. It gets a little silly. But I'd
2: like, you know, I'd like to thank you for having me on. And maybe we can do this again and talk a little bit more about it. And and I might share some body mechanics stuff. That's and and if people want to learn to break or something like that, I'd be happy to show. And you know, my brothers that are with me, Wolfgang Kruger and Shane Beliles and uh Keith Groves and Bill Clark and all these guys that are out there and the people that came before me, like Brian Gray and and, and James Lacey. And Gene Chacon and these guys like that, that uh, and Alan there from Green Dragon, they were big influences on me. I didn't necessarily have to agree with everything they did, but because of them, they've influenced me. And, and, I, you know, I've gone on through my life and my teachers, Rick and Tim Pickens, that taught me the real true art, you know, and Brian Hall that's finishing And I'll show you something, not that it matters, but, you know, I earned this stuff. I went through this and I earned these certificates from these guys and was given it one, you know, by Gray himself. So do they really mean anything or they're just pieces of paper? But I want to honor these guys by keeping this stuff alive the way it's meant to be, not as a circus sideshow out here. The true skill and the true art given to people who will respect it and treat it with the respect that it deserves, not just giving it to every single person that's out there. Well, people may say that that sounds arrogant, or what was the purpose in this podcast? But you and I had talked about this, and I just wanted the truth to be out there, you know. And it's not the truth of everybody has their own truth. Nah, there's truth and there's error.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: There is indeed a truth,
1: and that—that that is all there is
2: to it. <laughs> and I appreciate you letting me come on here and and you know, giving me the questions and us having an open dialogue. And I hope I don't cause you any problems with my no. with the things I've said. Yeah, this is
1: it's fantastic. It's it's fantastic both for me to, you know, to have an opportunity to, you know, to chat again after a number of years and, you know, just have a, uh you know, talk shop basically. And, yes, and sir. Then, and, and I'm lucky that I get to, you know, do that as part of helping with the, the Plum Dragon podcast. So um, I'm thrilled to have you on. And, and, and I'm sure that uh, Lisa will be thrilled when she checks it all out. And and um, I, I'd love to do it again. I, I appreciate your willingness to come on and, you know, throw everything out there and be honest about it. Because at the end of the day, if, you know, that's the Well, trip. I
2: appreciate you very much, sir. Well,
1: thanks, Rod. I appreciate it. I appreciate and it. And I
2: still want to work on getting a bottle of that jow that you brewed up 20 oh, years ago. Yeah, I've uh, I've got it. I I I would be happy to pass some of it on to you. It's
1: been
2: <laughs> to here for eight maybe next 200. time we'll talk jow. We'll just have a little podcast and we'll talk jow. And I can ask you some questions uh, because you're a little bit more versed in it than I am. And I think the 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 public at large to further their iron palm knowledge they need to hear from people like you and let's just have another one plan on having another one sometime soon and we'll just talk uh did dodge allen and herbs yeah rod you know having having
1: somebody who's been who knows these knows iron pumps so intimately the questions that you could provide you know come up with um that might be an incredibly cool podcast so let's uh we'll we'll plan on it let's try to figure something out and we'll we'll get something set up for the future so sounds good brother well good uh, thanks again rod appreciate having you on and, and hope you it's enjoy good. your uh your uh labor day weekend man you too brother all right take care rod we'll talk to you See soon you. Uh-huh. bye
0: and thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today for show notes and more great tips be sure to visit us at plumdragonherbs.com And if you like this episode, we'd love for you to share, comment, and follow us or subscribe wherever you like to listen.